Welcome. You're listening to audio from Life Church in Chico, California. We're so glad that you're here. Life Church's mission is simply to connect people to Jesus. You can find out more about our mission and who we are on our website at lifechurchchico.org. All right, let's dive into this week's message. Um, I want to just jump right into scripture with you guys this, this evening. I almost said this morning, but I didn't. Good job. Luke chapter 2, Bob recommended us to read this on Christmas morning, and I really do want to encourage you, open up your Bible and, and read it either if you're on your own or with the family, whatever it might be, but, but take some time to read it. It's such a powerful story. We're going to find ourselves in, in, this, in the midst of this story where Jesus is already born, uh, he's in the manger and he's wrapped in cloths. Like he's, he is a fresh, brand new newborn and he's in the manger. And so we're going to read in verse eight through 11. So if you have your Bible, great. If not, it's on the screen. And it says this, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. Everybody say great joy. Great joy joy for all the people. Great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So here we have this angel who appears down into this field nearby Bethlehem where Jesus is born, okay? They, Luke, the author, he just depicts this picture of Jesus being born, like this brand new newborn, like I just described. Little tiny baby Jesus with Mary and Joseph, this sweet little moment in the barn with the sheep and the cows and all the other things, right? Like this beautiful moment where I was thinking about it today, just the thought of having Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior born Right here in this tiny little place, if you, if you just zoom out, why? Right, right there. And here's Jesus, he's born, and then he kind of zooms out a little bit, and he goes right to this field nearby. In the middle of the night is what it sounds like, and these shepherds are watching their sheep. They're doing their job, and most likely these shepherds were probably older teenage boys. Think about that. If you have an important message to give to somebody, you do not give it to a teenage boy. (laughs) Ever. Isn't that right? So, So this angel appears to the shepherds and says, hey, check it out. The Savior, the Messiah, he's He's here. a dark, cold night, and this bright light of an angel lights up everything so that they can see everything. You know why they had to be out there with the sheep, right? To protect them. So they they literally had to to figure out how to make a, a sheepfold and And they would lay at the entrance of it so that they would protect the sheep. And then when that light of the angel came, no longer did they have, they could go, like daytime. It's light. I, I can see for miles around. The angel appeared and the news of Jesus's birth was 
in the lowest place of Bethlehem, but given to the lowest, lowest, lowliest of people in the sh- these shepherd boys. And he says, don't be afraid, I bring good news. When, when good news was given in this time, in this culture, you, you need to understand a couple of things. If either good news was coming into a kingdom or there was somebody of prominence that would be coming into the kingdom, there would be a herald. It would be a messenger or a scout that would, that would say, oh man, somebody really important's coming. I'm gonna go straight to the king. So they would literally ride all the way through the gates and all the way through the city, all the way in, in the midst of everybody. They wouldn't stop until they got to the king. So if a king was coming, the king was the first one to know because that's what highly important people do. But it's interesting that the message of the gospel, the savior of the world, the Messiah, the biggest thing to ever happen on earth here right now, right in Bethlehem in this tiny little manger and then to these shepherds who relate with all of us. Common. Nothing real substantial, but just relatable. And what I love, they say this, I've got great news that's going to cause great joy. It's going to cause great joy for how many people? All. So friends, it's not just about you. It's about everybody else. I'll say this. If you're a mature Christian, this life is not about you. It's about what Pastor Lana said, giving that hope away, giving it away. Let's go to Isaiah chapter chapter 8. I'm going to read this kind of obscure passage, but it'll paint the picture for us really well. In chapter 8, verse 19, it says this, when someone tells you to consult mediums and spiritists, didn't know we were going there tonight, did you? (laughs) Who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? Consult God, God's instruction and the testimony of warning. That's the testimony of repentance, truly. If anyone does not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. No light of dawn. Could you imagine right now that the sun would never come back up? No light. Hopeless. Distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land. They will, uh, when they are famished, they will become enraged and looking upward will curse their king and their God. Then they will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom and they will be thrust into utter darkness. Well, that's exciting. Very uplifting for this candlelight service. I'm sure you're just like, why did we come to this? Jesus. So this paints a picture that those who are outside or far from God or outside of repentance and, and one without revelation of God, they're living in this darkness. They're living in this place of distress and, and this burden of hopelessness that, that there is nothing in front of them. And so this is the way Isaiah paints this picture. But he's painting this picture so then he can point to Jesus. Because when there's bad news, it's always really helpful to have some What? Some good news. And so that's what the good news is. That's what the angel was doing, right? When they came, she, they, the angel said, 
I have good news that's going to cause great joy for all people. So where there is people, where there are people far from God, and maybe that's you. Maybe you find yourself in this place of maybe spiritual darkness where you're wondering, you're questioning, or, or your faith is being challenged or stretched. There's, there's really at times feels like there's no light of dawn. There's, like, there's hopelessness in front of you. Darkness will prevail is what Isaiah is saying in this moment of darkness. And Micah describes it this way. It's, it's, uh, Micah describes it as a deep darkness over those without the light of life. Spiritual darkness is this. Ignorance of divine truth, man's sinful nature, total absence of light, and a lack of spiritual perception. There's nothing more the enemy would like to do than to tone us out something spiritual, something that the Lord would want to offer us. So when this happens, Isaiah is painting this picture of saying, these people who are far from God, then they'll, then they'll blame God. They'll curse God, even though they don't believe in the God. And then, and then their, their eyes will go away from blaming God and they'll come to back to earth and it'll, it'll be as though they are distressed and in this dark place, this hopeless place, because they look around them and they go, well, this isn't any better. And then you have a shepherd in the middle of the night who has an angel. Can you just picture the light? Like, whoa. From dark to light. So those who are far from God and they're, they're experiencing this distress and this despair and this darkness that it's, it's impossible to climb out of ourselves. But then Isaiah points to chapter 9 here, and he points to the Savior, this messianic prophecy written hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before Christ was born. Let's read on, uh, chapter 9, verse 1. Nevertheless, that's a good word, isn't it? In the midst of despair and darkness, nevertheless, no matter where I am in life right now, nevertheless, I have this God. Nevertheless, I have this Jesus. No, nevertheless, that Jesus is with me, that he will be in the moment of despair with me because he's with me and he'll never forsake me. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea and beyond the Jordan. That's the whole world, friends. And this is what he says. The people walking in darkness, this spiritual despair, have seen a great light. On those land, living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. So for going from darkness where there is no dawn of light, there is hopelessness to now this place of revelation of who the Messiah is. It says, you, God, have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as a people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar that across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, every warrior's excuse me, every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. 
You know anything about Romans 8.28, that God uses all things for good for those who love him. This right here points to that. That every hardship, that every trial, that every wound against you, that the Lord would, would take those and he'd burn it in this fire and he'd use it as fuel, as light to see forward. And then he says this, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. Friends, there's joy in the dark. Those who are in the dark will see a great light, just like those shepherds. The light shone around them. A light has dawned where there was no hope of that light dawning. When giving your life to the Lord, the darkness begins to flee. John 1.5, it says this. He says, the light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So when you invite the power and the presence of the Almighty God to burn within you, don't you love also in Scripture in Isaiah, it also says that the Lord won't even put out a burning wick. Funny enough, we're going to have a few of those tonight. Later on, it says this, Jesus says this, he says, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in the darkness. So I love how the Lord, as he enters in, the darkness has got to flee. It's got, it's got to dissipate. So when the light of the world comes in, there, there's a difference. There's something uh, radically new about this. When the light comes, joy is the result. Like people rejoicing for the harvest, but those people who are also rejoicing in the harvest actually had to work really, 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 really hard to reap the harvest. And then it says, like a warrior rejoicing while dividing the plunder. But a warrior can never have the plunder if he doesn't go through the battle. Friends, friends we're, we're all in a battle. Just depends on whose side you're on. And I, I don't know, I wanna invite you, let's be on the side of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The one who came from heaven to earth to, to save us and to give us new perspective in this new life and, and this light in the midst of utter darkness. Because the spiritual de 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 decay within the world at the present time of these, these shepherd boys was hopelessness. But when Jesus came, the Messiah came, it was new life, new covenant. Freedom has been received. The gloom is gone. I just can't tell you enough of my own testimony to say that, man, as, as I allow the Lord day in and day out and day in and day out to just lead my life, gloom never presides, ever. I have to fight against it, but I always have Jesus who's lighting up my world. Hope is always on the horizon with Jesus. 
Can I get an amen? The light of the newborn king breaks through despair and darkness. The light of the newborn king breaks through. It shatters the darkness. It forces darkness to flee. Friends, come on. If that's not a message that every single person on this planet right now needs, I don't know what message I want to hear. With Jesus, there's hope. Can I have the worship team come back up? As they come back up, we're going to turn off all the lights, except the Christmas lights, because we would never dare do that. Let's let the worship team get set before we turn off all the lights. Just as the lights start to fade, allow it to sink in how dark it is. I know you can see me, but I can't see you. (laughs) The angel said this, do not fear. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. I love when we get to light these candles. It's a light in the darkness. So no matter how dark your world might be, if you have the light of Christ within you, you have light where you are. Once light has taken place, darkness has to flee. My question is maybe where do you need the light of life? And maybe you need just one little spark from like I just did that. This is a good moment to reflect. This is this is just one candle. But it says the angel said, I bring good news that's gonna cause great joy for all the people. So this candle is one, if I allow it to be extinguished, that's such a sad candlelight service. But that's also a really sad reality and eternity. There's nothing more the enemy would like to do than to blow out your candle. Because then nobody else gets impacted by your life. Friends, the, the powerful presence of Jesus in your life changes lives whether you think it or not. So one single candle being lit. This is you. Thank you, Jesus. And then it goes to the community. Here you go. There you go, Don. Yep. Without you, they don't get light, man. (laughs) Come on. Just, I don't know, Don, careful. All right. So as you just get your candle, please, you know, obviously be careful, but just, just take a second as we 
share the light with those around you. And maybe soak it in. Maybe this is the point where you say, Jesus, may I have an impact that passes on to the next person? Jesus, maybe I can have an impact that you'd, you'd, you'd give me the opportunity to share others with, with others. It's amazing. I can, I can literally see all your faces as one by one by one by one, they're all lit up. Look around. Don't look so much that you actually burn somebody next to you, please. In a moment, we're going to sing Silent Night, which is honestly the best part of the year. Can we take the moment and sing Silent Night and just have a moment of reflection and invitation that the Lord would move powerfully within you? That there's nothing stopping the Lord from using you and speaking to you and doing something through you. Let's stand together. Really do, look, look around. I, lo- I love taking this minute. Just turn around and maybe lift up our candles and sing together.
As the angels declared that the Savior was born and that he was here, they also cried out and declared, glory to God in the heavens. Somebody turned their car alarm off. <laughs> this is a funny service, isn't it? That's just what we do here. It's fine. Let's lift up your candles one more time. Jesus, we just declare that you are king. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are God, that you came to us as a baby to break the power of darkness. So Father, I declare an anointing and your presence upon us as we leave tonight that, that our homes would be filled with your presence and your light, that our neighborhoods would change, that our workplaces would change, that our relationships would change because you are with us. And you are the light of the world, and the darkness must flee. One last thing, friends, if you are struggling with darkness and despair, invite the King of Kings in. Let his powerful presence refresh you, redeem you, and give you new life. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody say amen. amen. All right, on the count of three, nice and easy, blow these things out. Hey, we love you guys. Just a couple of things as you guys are leaving. If you would, put the candles back in uh, at the ushers, if you would do that for our next service. We've got a photo booth and hot chocolate and coffee out, out in the courtyard as well, but we love you and have an amazing Christmas.
Merry Christmas. Have a good one. Thank you for listening today. We hope that this week's message encouraged you. Life Church meets every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. here in Chico, California. You can also listen to us online during our 9 a.m. live stream. We would love the opportunity to connect with you, so please visit our website, lifechurchchico.org.